All right, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Kelly Schofield, and I'm just here to introduce um, our speaker for today, who is Glenn Gilbert. If you don't know him, um, he is both our utilities manager and sustainability coordinator, um, and there really isn't anybody more perfect for the job. Um, I should know I've gotten a lot of opportunities to talk with him this past semester and learn all about all the great things we're doing on campus, um, making ourselves more sustainable and energy efficient. Um, I've also gotten to talk to Glenn about his love of dandelions, among other things. Um, and I think he has a lot to share and is a very valuable member of our campus. Thank you, Kelly. I've enjoyed getting to know Kelly and her work in communications and the things that she's done to promote Goshen College. Somewhere at this very minute, coal is being burnt to provide light for this space. In fact, about 30 pounds of coal for a typical hour just to light this room so that we can talk about energy consumption. I don't think we need that. Could you um, humor me for the next half hour? I'd like to spare some coal. Would you please turn off the lights? That's better, thank you. I don't think you'll have any trouble seeing me and hopefully you won't have any trouble seeing the slides but we'll save 15 pounds of coal in the next half hour if we don't burn these lights, so thank you. Before I begin, I would like to introduce a visitor, Angela Nelson. Angela is the manager of public affairs for this region of NIPSCO. NIPSCO is Northern Indiana Public Service Company. They're the company that provides us the electricity and the gas that we use on our campus and all over this portion of, of Northern Indiana. Sorry, Angie, we're not really trying to use less of your product. We are trying to use less of your product at Goshen College. Um, I hope you don't mind. We'll hear more from her at the end of this uh, presentation. About six years ago, in 2007, President Jim Brenneman joined with many other campus presidents around the country by signing the American College and University Presidential Climate Commitment. While this certainly wasn't the beginning of Goshen College's interest in sustainability and promoting the ecology, it was proven to be an important landmark in our journey in that, in that direction. As natural and logical an action as it may have seemed, in another, other ways, it was an extremely radical step. For you see, the climate commitment he made was to launch Goshen College on a path towards carbon neutrality meaning that at some point in our future, the activities of this small campus in northern Indiana would no longer contribute to the increase of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere. I have to confess a couple things. When I first heard about this commitment, I thought it was a crazy talk. As utilities manager, I knew that we used a lot of energy on this campus, and even though I'd been working for years at conservation practices, we could not, I could not imagine carbon neutrality. What would that really look like? How are we ever going to get there? We didn't even know how much carbon dioxide we were responsible for, and most of us had this idea of a carbon footprint. We didn't really have an idea of what it was. It was a new idea for us and something we couldn't get our minds around. So even though I was somewhat skeptical about the practicality of such a commitment, I liked where it was going. As a result of this commitment, President Brenneman appointed a committee to provide oversight and leadership for this initiative, and it was named the Ecological Stewardship Committee. Because of my involvement with utilities, I was already responsible for the acquisition and use of about 80% of our carbon footprint, and I was, so I was invited to become the first ever campus sustainability coordinator. 
One of my first assignments was to figure out what our carbon footprint was. For years, we'd been tracking numbers about enrollment, expenses, number of employees, all kinds of data, but we'd never given any thought to how much carbon dioxide we had put into the atmosphere. Where do you start a question like that? What, what do you count? How in the world can we talk about carbon neutrality when we don't even know what we're doing? The only consolation was that I wasn't alone. Very few other institutions that had made a similar commitment knew what they were doing either. But for me, getting a handle on our carbon footprint has only been a minor consequence of the presidential climate commitment. Regardless of how long it takes to reach to neutrality, some major transformations were to take place on this campus for which we can all celebrate. What happened in 2007 was a significant shift in institutional priorities at Goshen College. Whether it was in the operations or in the classroom, all of a sudden, there was a new factor to consider in our decision-making. How was what we were going to do affect this new desired outcome of carbon neutrality? First, let's look at the, economic, or the academic areas. You, as you may know, changes in curriculum are usually measured in glacial terms. But in the last few years, our course list has included such classes as agroecology, natural resource economics, ecology, and the evolution, e advanced field ecology, roots of the environmental crisis, natural resources policy seminar, field experience in environmental education, environmental history, sustainability and regeneration, faith, ethics, and eco-justice, environmental policy and politics, environmental problem solving, sociology of the environment, environmental chemistry. Just a show of hands, how many students here in this past year have either taken one of these courses that were just listed or perhaps had a focus project in a writing course or other discipline where your topic was somehow related to sustainability of the environment. We have students that are um, down at the marine biology lab and their, their study of marine biology has taken a new course and a new direction and they're studying the environmental impact of, of what we're doing to our earth. And uh, classes all over are looking at various ways that their discipline can interact with this involvement in our, in our environment. We have majors and minors in environmental science and sustainability. More in my area of expertise is campus operations, where we've also seen a shift in priorities. We've established construction guidelines that any major construction project on our campus will be LEED certified. We've done a lot of converting of heating systems. Our campus used to be heated exclusively by steam that was sent around from one central power plant to all the camp campus buildings. Now we've converted that uh, to many much more efficient um, forms of heat. This would be a good uh, opportunity for me to invite you to come tomorrow uh, at noon, from noon to two o'clock um, in the heating plant, which is that building between the railroad tracks and Numble Center and you can come and get a first-hand look at our new geothermal system that provides heating and cooling for the library, Humble Center, and major portions of the Union Building. For many years, we've been relying more and more on a very sophisticated computer-controlled system for monitoring and operating our mechanical and electrical systems. This tool has allowed us to gain significant efficiencies in operations. 
And even our aesthetics have changed as a result of our growing interest in sustainability and good ecological stewardship. Almost 20% of the areas that had previously been traditionally mowed lawns have been converted to native landscaping and prairie with numerous environmental and economic advantages. I'd also like to quickly list some of the unique projects that have happened on our campus since the Presidential Climate Commitment. I'm particularly excited by this list because so many of these things have happened because students have taken the initiative and made them happen. One of the first projects to be completed, and it's still functioning well, is the French Fries to Fuel project. The construction of our biodiesel manufacturing facility where we take waste vegetable oil from the dining hall and convert it into biodiesel. It was built in 2008 by students Nate Hare, Mitch Yoder, Neil Detweiler, and Sei Chin Lee. And every year since then, it's been operated by students with the oversight of Professor Doug Shurek, making approximately 200 gallons of biodiesel each year. The current student operator this year has been John Mark. Also in 2008, students did a financial analysis for converting about 1.3 acres of lawn south of Newcomer Center into prairie. Based upon their work, the Ecological Stewardship Committee provided them seed money to get this project going. The environmental, class, uh, environmental science class, along with Professor Ryan Sensenig, did the major restoration work. Research continues on this outdoor laboratory, as well as other subsequent native landscaping areas that have been developed since then. This spring, we had our first control burn of this developing area, prairie. In 2010, David Zwier won the college's annual C. Henry Smith Peace Oratorical Contest with a speech entitled Facing Food Waste, The Truth About What We Don't Eat, challenging us to think more about, seriously about composting our dining hall wastes. Along with Hannah Eberly and others from Ecopax, and with the guidance of Dr. Lou Naylor, we have developed the Goshen College Composter. This simple system has received national attention at the United States Composting Council's annual conference where David and Hannah presented in 2012 and Natasha Weisenbeck presented again this year in January. After several years of thought and design, the physics department built what has become known as the Sun Shower Project. These solar collectors provide much of the heat for the showers in the Rec Fitness Center. Funded in large part by a generous gift from a longtime friend of the college, Elizabeth Jacobs, and assistance from a grant from the Ecological Stewardship Committee, this project was completed in the fall of 2011. Andrew Glick, Isaac Yoder-Schrock, Micah Miller-Eshelman, and several others put a lot of work into this uh, project. Coming soon will be an online dashboard developed by Micah that will give real-time information about how much your shower in the Rec Fitness Center is being heated by the sun. There have been many other projects that students have participated in and taken leadership. There have been river cleanups and numerous other initiatives by our thriving Ecopax Club. Students of the sustainability semester created a stormwater retention plan for the, campus for the campus. The ecology and evolution class worked with the Elkhart River Alliance collecting water quality data for the Elkhart River using their iPads and an app designed by student Jacob Shetler. They can enter their data directly, posting the results for all to see. We've brought guest speakers to our campus, including Vandana Shiva, E.O. Wilson, Saman Sethi, and others. Participating in 350.org, Earth Hour, Earth Day, Earth Week, we've done them all. We work at recycling, conserving, and building awareness in all sorts of ways. Students this past summer from the roots, uh, this past semester from the roots of the environmental crisis class worked along with student interns Michael Weeby, Michael Weeby Johnson and Joanna Epp 
to provide data to STARS, the Sustainability Tracking and Reporting System, which enables us to measure our progress and how we stand in comparison to other institutions in our environmental work. And don't forget to check out our Go Green website. This semester we've made good progress in updating this site with the help of communications major Kristina Chris Lipinski. And next fall you'll see even more, more exciting things happen on the Go Green website. Goshen College has also been becoming more and more involved with community efforts of sustainability. Each month there are Sound of the Environment meetings held in the Newcomer Center where over 40 or more business, area business people and others come to discuss a variety of inf environmental topics. We're a biking campus on the, in a biking community. We have over 700 bike racks on our campus. The Winona Bike Trail runs through our, the heart of our campus and the new underpass allows for safe crossing at the railroad tracks. This week, I'm pleased to announce that we'll be beginning the construction of a new section of the bike path through our campus that will be through the Newcomer Prairie connecting the Monona Trail um, through down to the um, uh, existing Mill Race bike path. This will be starting uh, this Wednesday or Thursday, so watch for that. I attribute much of this exciting shift of focus to that decision that was made back in 2007. But what about all the energy that we've been consuming? And what about that carbon footprint? For more than 20 years, I've been charting our electrical consumption at Goshen College, both gas and electricity. I'll show you a few graphs here that'll give you an idea of what we've been able to do. This first graph has two lines. The red line um, shows the uh, growth of our physical square footage of our building. If you follow it with uh, the uh, column on the right there, you'll see that back in 1991, we had a little over 450,000 square feet of building space. And various jumps along the way, including the science building expansion, the building of the Rec Fitness Center, the expansion of this building, building of the Music Center, the building of the apartments, the connector, all of those things have happened since 1990, and as you can see, the number of square footage is now roughly around 740,000 square feet, about a 60% increase in the size of our buildings. The blue line that follows that is the uh, electrical consumption over that same period, and you can see up until about 2005, it kind of tracked the expansion of the buildings, the expansion of the use of electricity. In 2005, Katrina happened. And if you remember, utility prices uh, skyrocketed for a while. And we got serious about conserving energy. And you can see that the, the graph started to drop. And one of the most substantial drops began around 2007, again, the beginning of our commitment to carbon neutrality. And so now today, if you look down there and were to draw a line over to where it intersects over here, we're back to um, 1992 levels of electrical consumption on this campus, even though we've had a a uh, 60% increase in square footage. The gas chart looks similar. Again, you see the square footage laid out on the graph, and the gas consumption <coughs> has dropped. It, it has dropped now to where it is almost 25% less than we were using in 1990. If you're like me, these numbers are kind of hard to get your mind around. This, this uh, graph here combines the gas and electric and figures the number of uh, equivalent BTUs per square foot per year, and, and you can see that in the early 1990s, we were using over 100,000 BTUs per square foot per year. Now we're down in the range of about 55 to 56. 
Even still, these are tough numbers to get your mind around. What does a ton of carbon dioxide look like floating around in the air? How many tons is an appropriate amount to have up in the air? How many is too many? Where does it come from? What should I do about it? And, and really, who cares? I won't spend a lot of time answering those questions, but I think they're important. We are certainly at a different point in our understanding than six years ago. Al Gore and others have taught us about parts per million in, of CO2 and how it's increasing at alarming rates, causing heat to be trapped in our atmosphere, resulting in global warming. Perhaps you've read the headlines just this weekend about CO2 concentrations reaching 400 parts per million for the first time in 800,000 years. Now, CO2 isn't bad exactly. Its presence in our atmosphere is what allows life to exist on this planet. We rely on its presence to hold heat in. Plant life couldn't survive without it. And I, for one, intend to keep producing carbon dioxide as long as I can breathe. The problem is we've cheated on this system and we've cheated big time. We discovered ancient carbon from hundreds of millions of years ago, and we're extracting it and consuming it at an unnatural rate and overloading the system, severely upsetting the balance. One estimate is that we're burning this ancient carbon and introducing that CO2 into the atmosphere at a rate of 2.4 million pounds per second. It's a big atmosphere, but that's a big number, and we have a big problem. So let me get back to Goshen College. I'm always trying to figure out how to reference this CO2 thing so I can get my mind around it. One way is to think about a ton of coal or a pound of coal. Burning a pound of coal in this area, generally you can figure it generates about a kilowatt hour of electricity. A pound of coal, a kilowatt hour of electricity. I may be off by 100%, but it's, it's a pretty close idea of what it takes. That one pound of coal, when burned, produces 2.8 pounds of carbon dioxide. You can ask a chemistry major why that's true. And because Goshen College is in Indiana, where until recently 96% of our electricity came from coal, this meant that each day about six tons of coal was burnt in one or more of the power plants to serve Goshen College's electrical needs. To help you get a picture of this, a typical train car Oh, I'll say this too. That translates, in 2007, 2008, we had about 16 tons of coal was burned per student per year. In 2012, we reduced that down to about 12 tons. That feels good. Um, how does, how does this, this uh, slice up for us? What portion of our carbon footprint comes from which part? Well, the blue area there, that's our natural gas combustion. That's about 22% of our carbon footprint. The uh, red area, the large portion there, yep, that comes from electricity. That represents about 45% of our carbon footprint, the electricity. How much carbon dioxide is enough? This train car holds about 200,000 pounds of coal, about 100 tons of, of coal. That represents about two weeks of electricity at Goshen College. So, if we think about it, in 2005, we used 37.8 coal cars worth of electricity to power this campus in electricity. Good news was that we got that number down to 27 and a half cars of coal in 2009. Today, we're down to less than 24 cars of coal. That's good news, I think, but it still seems a lot of, like a lot of coal. 
but it does represent about a 36% reduction in the past eight years. This will make a difference. Not by itself, but if many colleges and universities and other institutions make a similar progress, this idea of conservation really could catch on and really could make a big dent in our conservation. I'm proud that Goshen College has become a leader in sustainability. And while the tasks ahead are daunting, we have positioned ourselves well to be models and leaders in the world of ecological stewardship. So what's ahead? At this point, I'd like to invite President Jim Brenneman to come forward and make an exciting announcement. As you have heard, and I deeply believe, caring for the creation is one of the defining challenges of our time. So in 2007, when I signed the, I was a charter signatory of the American College and University President's Climate Commitment, I did so with leaders of about 175 other colleges and universities out of about 4,000 of them today. And um, we agreed that we wanted to neutralize the greenhouse gas emissions, as has been described. I'm pleased that we were the second um, college in the state of Indiana to do so, to be one of those first signers, and the first among the Mennonite university and colleges to do so as well. But for me, it was, it was in part consistent, it was sort of a no-brainer in terms of our core commitments theologically and historically in the Anabaptist Mennonite churches and our concerns for, uh, as global citizens around healing and helping and caring for the world. It was clearly a part of who we were uh, in, at this college for a long time. Not least of which was the fact, and it wasn't mentioned this morning, that we have the we happen to own and are given the care of uh, the largest private land preserve in the state of Indiana, Mary, um, Mary Lee Environmental Learning Center of Goshen College, where we have about 5,000 to 6,000 young people who go through that every year. If you haven't visited there yet, I hope you get a chance to do so. And then Glenn described all the many different kinds of programs, environmental science and environmental education, echo packs, and many other things that we have been doing over the years. And at the time, we created the Ecological Stewardship Committee to sort of draw all these pieces together. And I couldn't have uh, chosen a better green czar than Glenn Gilbert. And for that, we're deeply appreciated, Glenn. I think you are uh, you're the quintessential leader when it comes to sustainability on campus. And for that, we're very grateful. And let's give Glenn a hand for his hard work. Well, six years have come and gone. You've, saw, you've seen uh, many of the things that ha have happened here on campus, but we continue to witness the havoc caused by global warm war warming. The warnings are more strident, the call to abate the release of greenhouse gases more urgent than ever. So it's with great pleasure today that I announce our participation in a new initiative introduced by NIPSCO our energy supplier, to begin purchasing all of our electricity from green, carbon-free sources. Here's how it works. When we sign up, NIPSCO buys renewable energy certificates, called RECs, Renewable Energy Certificates, on our behalf. RECs are in the environmental attributes associated with electricity that is generated from renewable sources. NIPSCO Green Power Program RECs are certified through Green E Energy. 
It's the nation's leading renewable energy certification and verification program. Green E Energy provides independent third-party certification to ensure that certified renewable energy meets strict environmental and consumer protection standards. What it means for Goshen College is, from this day forward, from, from today onward, no more coal, gas, or oil will be burned, no more carbon dioxide will be introduced into the atmosphere to provide electricity for Goshen College, for our campus. The single action, this single action will reduce our carbon foot by, footprint by approximately 45%, which we're offsetting now. At this time, I would like to invite Angela back, who you in, was introduced earlier. Angela Nelson is the manager of public affairs for NIPSCO. And uh, first of all, I wanted to thank you and NIPSCO for uh, foresight and leadership in caring uh, for this uh, and creating this opportunity for Hoosiers like us to aid in the healing of our planet. We're very grateful for that. And in this digital age, it's a little tough, uh, and, and with new programs like this, we couldn't quite figure out what kind of symbol of exchange we'd like to offer, but uh, we, uh, Glenn, ever the creative mind here, came up with a symbol that we think will uh, do it for us. What I'd like to do this morning is give NIPSCO back our carbon footprint here at Goshen College. So there you go. First, I would like to thank President Brenneman for those kind words, number one, but especially his leadership, his faculty, his administration, staff, and the students for uh, these initiatives that they've been bringing forth on campus. And it is with great pleasure I would like to announce also that Goshen College is our first major account um, in our service territory to go 100% with this green, power, um, green energy program. So we really, really appreciate that. And in return, I would like to return your footprint to you and say thank you again for participating. But I also have another surprise for you as well. Again, I would like to say that NIPSCO, we appreciate your efforts on campus for energy efficiency and your dedication to improving the environment by utilizing our green power energy um, program. And with that, I would like to present a gift to you as well for, to your Ecological Stewardship Committee to enable student involvement in sustainable initiatives going further. So I would like to present $5,000 from the NIPSCO Foundation for you to further your uh, initiatives here on campus. Thank you again. Thank you so much. What a surprise. Thank you very much for that gift uh, as well. And let me just say a word about the Ecological Stewardship Committee. We are so grateful for your insights. Uh, you keep coming up and generating new ideas, new things that we can do on campus. We always take them very seriously. We can't always do all of them, 
but um, it's because of your leadership in many ways that we have done much of what we've done. So for that, we thank you as well. And back to you, Glenn. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. That's our program for today. Again, a reminder to stop by the heating plant tomorrow between noon and 2 o'clock and check out our new geothermal facility. Have a good day. Have a green day.